so what other like straight up kids movies has Steven Spielberg made, right? So like E.T., this, then like the BFG. Munich. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the third episode of Partial Recall, or the first episode that anyone should actually listen to. Uh, I'm Daniel, one of the hosts, and I'm here with Ishai, the other host. Hey, Dan. We're doing it again. Ishai, what is this show about? This show is about movies that we've seen that we don't remember so well, hence the title, Partial Recall. Um, And so we discuss those movies and try to recreate them from our memories before breaking in the episode, watching the movie, and then coming back to discuss what we got right and what we got wrong. What are we talking about this week? This week we're talking about Hook. So we stumbled upon a bit of a formula that we may or may not keep, which is that uh, every episode is going to tie back to the previous episode in some way. So the first episode we did, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, directed by Joe Johnson, uh, the second episode we did, Jumanji, also directed by Joe Johnson. Jumanji famously starred Robin Williams. So now we're going to talk about Hook, also famously starring Robin Williams. I just want to point out one thing. We did two of his movies, and you called him Joe Johnson both times. Is it John- his name is Joe Johnston. Ah. Yeah, there's a T in there. It's on brand. We barely remember things. We just recorded... Uh, the follow-up to Jumanji a week ago. so And I just was editing it last night. So you would think that I uh, was able to retain that, but couldn't do it. Sneaky T. Sneaky T. So Hook, what do, we, uh, what do we know about Hook? What do we know about Hook? Came out in 1991. Stars Robin Williams, as you mentioned. Uh, but also has a murderer's row. Stars Dustin Hoffman as titular Hook. Julia Roberts says... Tinkerbell and Bob Hoskins as Smee. Maggie Smith is also in this movie, which I don't remember. Is she like, she's like the grandmother? I think I remember that. But I forgot Julie Roberts was in it until this very second. Um, She plays Tinkerbell. I remember it well now. Uh, Not to get directly into my recollections, but she plays kind of hot Tinkerbell. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a flirt Tinkerbell too, right? I mean, like, He's married in this movie, isn't he? I think so. Okay. The other thing that I didn't mention, of course, this movie directed by Steven Spielberg, um, a movie he's apparently not particularly fond of. Yeah. uh, Which is interesting, uh, despite the fact that it seems to have made him a bit of money. Not that he's hurting for money otherwise. Uh, Budget on this movie, $70 million. Okay. And box office, $300 million. Wow. Uh, and that's 91 so with inflation that's like a billion dollars yeah like a trillion dollars probably that makes sense i remember uh i mean obviously i guess i saw it when i was older but in my mind this movie came out when we were already older but obviously it didn't i think that's because of the sexual awakening you probably had at (laughs) julia roberts as tinkerbell (laughs) uh uh, maybe that's projection on my part who knows (laughs) 
Um, and we were probably, we were six years old when this movie came out because it came yeah. out in December of 1991. Um, do you think you saw this movie in theaters? No. I'm positive that I did. You're positive that you did? Yeah. Definitely. I saw this movie in theaters with my parents. Your parents, and you have an older brother, so I, there's no way my parents would have taken me to see Hook when I was six years old. My brother, I also have an older brother, so I guess in theory, but I, you know in doing these podcasts, I'm, I'm thinking back. I don't think that as a family, we went to a ton of movies. Well, to put it in perspective, my mom took me to see Ghost in theaters. And that movie came out earlier. So I was five years old. You just really see Ghost and she couldn't find a babysitter. Correct. That's exactly what happened. And I think we actually did leave during the like pottery sequence of Ghost because my mom was like, oh, this isn't appropriate for a five-year-old. Bathroom break. Yeah. Um, but I remember that distinctly. So you had like your sexual awakening from movies was even earlier. No, when I saw Ghost, I remember not being into it. Because I was still very like, ooh, kissing, gross. Sure. You weren't uh, six yet. Correct. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen <laughs> Julia Roberts dressed like Tinkerbell. Right. Exactly. So you saw this movie in the theaters. I don't think I did. I definitely remember watching it and it being like one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. So I'm just trying to figure out like when it was introduced because like six feels young and not just because like it feels young. Like my parents, like this is too old. My parents like never had that vibe. It's weird now as a parent, like every time I see like my daughter using Spotify and there's like a song that like seems inappropriate. I like text her. I'm like, turn that off. My parents, there was no oversight. There was no like, this is too inappropriate for you. Every part of that sentence doesn't apply to your parents. You were never streaming music on Spotify. Your parents wouldn't have texted you. <laughs> it's a much more modern sentence. A hundred percent. wasn't implying that like they had those capabilities, but there was no. Right. My mom saw what, what tape I put in my stereo and then she beeped me on my beeper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When I went to the, uh, to the record store and bought, cassettes and then cds my parents never like were like show me what you bought and let me see if it was appropriate and when i watched shows or movies they were never like that i don't that wasn't like a big i don't know it is weird now like because again like i see her like listening to a song and like i'm like this song has inappropriate lyrics and like that was never a thing in my childhood and i grew up uh i came out pretty normal so, like, maybe I shouldn't be so overbearing, but... Well, what was the first rated R movie you saw? Oh, um, I actually have a very distinct memory of borrowing a... In the first episode, I mentioned that our neighbors had, like, an entire basement full of VHS tapes. Um, I remember distinctly uh, that we brought we borrowed Risky Business. No, sorry, not Risky Business. I have a distinct memory of that, too. Uh, Trading Places. Um, and, like, there's a scene, like, early in the movie... Uh, where there's like strippers, uh, and I was very, I was very young. I was watching just with my brother, uh, and we were like, "This is inappropriate." Uh, I must have been like seven or eight at most. So that I think is the first radar movie that I have a memory of seeing. I think for me, it may have been was The Rock rated R. Uh, the Rock feels like it was rated PG thirteen. No, The Rock is rated R. Huh. And I saw The Rock in theaters for sure. 
and I had seen Terminator 2 already, which I think is also rated R. What about um a movie that I watched a ton, but I actually probably watched it. No, I watched it on VHS my friend's house. It was uh, Die Hard 2. Oh, that's a good one. That's Die Hard 2 MPA rating. Rated R. Rated R. Um, but yeah, I saw Terminator 2 on Laserdisc. Um, and I saw my cousin Vinny as well. The, the weird thing is, like, I don't have any memories of, like, being traumatized by something. Well, except for that, like, Greaser movie that we talked about. <laughs> yep. Um, but by and large, like, there was never a point at which I was like, this is too soon or too frightening. Um, whereas, again, I'm, like, scared to show my kids Hook because, spoiler alert, Rufio dies. Uh, I didn't remember that. He gets, like, stabbed. You don't remember no, I'm just that? kidding. I, of course I remember that. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> And that was like, that's traumatic. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I wonder to what degree it's it's like kid specific. Like, were there kids when we were growing up who were scared of those types of movies and therefore didn't watch them? And it just, that was neither of us. I wonder if it's a product of either environment or just individual disposition. Right. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's a kids these days thing. Right. Right. It's not like a old man shakes fix that clouds the kids these days are too scared of movies it's more just like some kids are and some kids aren't and uh we weren't we weren't for the most part but anyway back to hook some tangent uh a successful movie how did we even start talking about rated r movies no idea. oh sexual awakenings and ghosts that's what it was yeah so i definitely saw this movie in theaters um and, uh, you know, I don't remember a ton about it, uh, about my experience of seeing it, okay. but I'm sure it was another one of those classic Saturday night, let's go see a, a Robin Williams picture. What uh, was the release date? Was it another holiday movie? It's December 11th, 1991. So, yes. You can kind of, like, <laughs> predict... Um, like movies like this being like big holiday movies, even though they're not like actual holiday themed, they just like they're made for families, right? And families have time then, so like big so, directors, directors. Funny thing, is this a Christmas movie? Because in my memory, it sort of is. And maybe this is now that this is the opportunity to get into what do we remember about this movie? Yeah. All right. So you, continue. So what I remember about this movie is that Robin Williams plays, he's he's an adult man. You meet him to open. He's like a business guy. He's got a cell phone. He wears a nice suit. And he's like, a cell phone? Yeah, I think he does. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but early 90s stuff was always like, you can tell that this guy is a business guy who only cares about business because he has a cell phone. <laughs> right? And now you're like, I'm a good dad because I text my daughter about the music she listens to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little different um but yeah no i think i think he's he's the, the the thing is he misses his son's baseball game yeah and i remember they're on a flight and he's like scared of flying which is 
thematically appropriate. Yeah. And his son is holding a baseball and he keeps throwing the baseball against the airplane window. Yeah. And Robin Williams is like freaking out. So the point is he has a strained relationship with his son because he misses all of these things. The daughter is there because movies of this type generally only care about father son relationships and the daughter, it's fine that he's also not there for her. Um, and the kid is a little bit of a brat about it, but whatever. So I remember that they live, this might not be true, but I remember that they live in like a fairly nice townhouse style house. Okay. Um, and anyway, they go to sleep one night and they are kidnapped by Dustin Hoffman. Wait, why are they on a plane? I have no memory of why they're on a plane. I no, just I know that. Why? Okay. Why are they on a plane? I think they live in New York City and he's like going back to like Wendy's family for Christmas, which is where I thought you were going with this. Ah, I had no recollection of why they were on a plane. I just remember that they were on the plane and he was throwing the baseball against the window. So like Wendy's British, right? Must be. And so like when he was Peter Pan and they like he came from Neverland, he met her. They were British, right? Like that's like the original cartoon. And so like he he becomes a normal, you know, he leaves Neverland, becomes a businessman, Wall Street guy, moves to New York, and then they're going back to Wendy's family for Christmas. I think that's why they're on a plane. So perhaps perhaps the plane took them to London where they stayed in a very nice townhouse. Yeah. And then I don't know why I remember the townhouse being nice, but nice, but I do. It doesn't really matter. You were a young capitalist. Uh, architecture maven. Um, so the kids are then kidnapped by Hook because it turns out that Robin Williams is adult Peter Pan. What? There's only a few things I remember once they go into Neverland, which I almost called Hookland because I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, pretty famous place, Neverland. Um, so anyway, the kids get taken and basically Hook is just like, I'm going to get back at being at Peter Pan by being a good dad to his kids. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm going to be a supportive father. <laughs> uh, and like he, I remember that they have a baseball game and I remember very specifically at one point during the baseball game, like everyone is, is play acting at baseball so that Jack can play baseball. The kid's name is Jack. Yeah. Um, they don't really know how to play baseball. They don't know anything about baseball. They're just pretending to baseball for him. And yeah. they have signs in the crowd and they're cheering for him to run home Jack. And then Hook is like, that's incorrect. It's home run, Jack. And they try to cheer him in a home run. Uh, I remember that. Um, and then, okay, so they're kidnapped playing baseball. And then Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell goes back to get Peter to come save his kids. And he has to fly to Neverland, but oh no, he hates flying. And so then he flies back to Neverland, even though he hates flying. And he remembers, maybe I like flying. And then he meets up with the Lost Boys, who are now led by Rufio, who has like a cool double or triple mohawk. I can't remember. That's yeah. like pink. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like skateboarding in their like treehouse hideout. Uh, and then there's the iconic scene where they eat, they eat imaginary food that looks like weird paint that they're all just like covering their faces with. And then Peter Pan confronts Hook 
and they have a sword fight and there's maybe an alligator with a clock in its belly. Is that a thing? I mean, that's definitely a thing from the original cartoon. <laughs> that might not be in this movie. <laughs> well, there is a thing about the alligator, right? Because like Hook is scared of the, like he wants like revenge on the alligator for taking his, his, his arm. Right. And mostly I remember that Smee is just kind of like a sort of bumbling assistant, but kind of also well-meaning and a good dad to these kids as well. He's kind of just nice. Um, and then Peter wins and then the movie ends and he goes to Jack's real baseball game with other baseball players who know how to play baseball. Oh, also Rufio dies. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot to mention that (laughs) kind of incidental. They were like filming the movie. They're like, Oh, forgot to film his death scene. It was like post credit scene. (laughs) Rufio dies. Right. Like Poochie. Rufio went back to his home planet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, no, that that's definitely the broad strokes. I mean, I definitely remember like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> I like how the set designer probably like pitched to like uh, Steven Spielberg. He's like, okay, Neverland, but extreme. He's like, I like it. Skateboards, half pipes. Yeah, I remember like, certainly like the 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 Lost Boys like doing a lot of like, I'm like distorting my voice because like I'm, I'm illustrating how they were like pulling on Peter's face and they're like, you got so old and so fat. And they're all like laughing at him. Uh, and there's like a lot of him, like, like finger wagging of like, where's the authority figure here? Like you could, shouldn't be all alone. And they like mock him for that, like incessantly. And then, you know, like the food fight to your point where he's like, this is insane. Like there's no food here. What? Stop saying there's food here. And then, and then they're like, you're playing, Peter. You're getting it. And they have, like, this big food fight. And then, like, the food comes out. But then I think, again, he, like, uh, uh, goes back into his shell a little bit afterwards. He's like, he won't accept that, like, he could possibly be, like, one of these kids because, like, he has to get his kids back. And he shouldn't be having fun, even though the secret to getting his kids back is actually having fun. Um, and the thing about the run home, Jack, is um, – those signs, if you remember, I believe evoke like uh, homesickness in him. He reads the signs. It's like, run home, Jack. And he's like, run home? Should I like, oh, yeah, like my family, my dad. And then Hook is like, no, it's home run. And then like it snaps him out of that reverie. Is there an element where they don't know where they are? Like they is there like kind of a never ending story part of this where like the kids yeah, where the kids are not aware of the fact that they are taken from their home. Oh, while they're there, like, do they get? Is it that they get swept up in being pirates? Maybe we should look at the VHS box. Uh, yeah, well, we do poster first, don't we? Oh yeah, poster, poster, poster. So poster is hook. Dustin Hoffman and Rob Williams standing next to each other. Robin Williams kind of has like an Instagram filter, like, uh, like, um, somewhere between like, I'm an influencer and I'm like an elf. <laughs> he does have like elfish ears. Yeah. It looks like he has, yeah, it looks like he has elf ears and his eyes are like glittering. Yeah. He looks a little deranged. Yeah. A little himbo, himbo Robin Williams. Dustin Hoffman looks, uh, disgusted. It's good. He looks he looks nice. That's a good mustache. It is a good mustache. Very Brooklyn. I like how, how his eyebrows also have uh the curls. 
It actually really doesn't look like Dustin Hoffman to me. And every time I think about this, I remember that he plays Hook, and then the image just doesn't look like Dustin Hoffman. Oh, interesting. I see him under there. All right, let's see what else we got. We got up in the left corner here, we've got uh, Jennifer Roberts. Who? Julia Roberts. My my brain. (laughs) Under your Sean Green moment. Yep. I jammed a pen into my brain, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've got Smeagol down here. Smee? Yep. Uh, and then it looks like some of the other pirates are threatening Rufio at the bottom. This, this is sort of a classic floating head poster. And yep. then there's like a, there's a, ah, there is an alligator holding a clock. And it also looks like it's in the shape of Big Ben. Well, it's stuffed. I think he got his revenge on the alligator. Oh. And made it a clock. Interesting. Um, yeah, so that's the poster. It's not yeah. bringing out anything new for me. Well, all right, let's go to the box. Yeah, let's read the back of the box. The front of the box is the poster with the four names. Um, technically five names because it's also a Steven Spielberg film. Back of the box. Do you want to read it? Sure. So there is a pull quote from the Today Show. Get ready for adventure. Steven Spielberg has scored another triumph, which Steven Spielberg himself disagreed with. Um, and then there is three pictures of the three main characters. Oh, that's a smile I was talking about, that Julia Roberts smile. Uh, a high-flying adventure from the magic of Steven Spielberg. Hook stars Robin Williams as grown-up Peter Pan and Dustin Hoffman as the infamous Captain Hook. Joining the fun is Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell. Bob Hoskins is the Pirates Me, and Maggie Smith is Granny Wendy Darling. Oh! He married Wendy's daughter because she uh, grew up while he was being a lost boy, and he missed out on that and married her daughter. I, that I remember now. That uh, is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Who must convince the middle-aged lawyer Peter Banning that he, has a, that he was once the legendary Peter Pan. And so the adventure begins anew, with Peter off to Neverland to save his two children from Captain Hook. Along the way, he rediscovers the power of imagination, of friendship, and of magic. A classic tale updated for children of all ages, Hook, nominated for five 1991 Academy Awards, including Best Visual Effects, is a 10, a film that will entertain generations, generations from now, says Gary Franklin. KABC TV. Okay, Gary Franklin. That is a different box than the one that I'm looking at. Oh, is it? Uh, Longer text. There's a few boxes I see. So this one says, Peter Pan, the hero who never grows old, has grown up and he's even forgotten how to fly. Enter the magical, mystical world of a hundred fun summers as the ageless Avenger and faithful fairy Tinkerbell return to Never Neverland in search of Peter's forgotten childhood, his lost children, and a fearless confrontation with his evil pirate enemy, Captain Hook. Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, and Bob Hoskins hook up for the fantasy flight of a lifetime as dream maker Steven Spielberg brings this amazing tale of adventure to the screen. Remember, all children grow up except one. Who's that? I'm assuming it's Peter Pan who doesn't grow up. But he grew up. That's the premise. (laughs) That's like literally what I'm talking about. Uh, that's a good point. It should say, except one, except in this movie where it's none again. 
<laughs> Good point. Yeah. So anyway, that did. Uh, yeah. He weird, right? He marries Wendy's daughter. Does it? Do you think? Does the movie explain how he got out of Neverland and grew up in the first place? Yes. Here's what happened. Oh, I should explain. <laughs> I should explain it. Um, yes. In the podcast. Do, 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 do. He was Peter Pan, you know, as you are. Uh, he would go back and forth from Neverland to visit Wendy because he was in love with her. Eventually, she starts growing up, but he's not ready to commit. You know, he's a, he's a bit of a fuck boy. <laughs> um, and so she keeps growing up and he's like, I don't want to leave Neverland. And so one time he uh, comes to visit and he got so lost in the Neverland of it all that she's now an old lady. And he's like, what the hell? And when he visits her, he discovers her daughter, who's like, hopefully <laughs> of legal age, um, and falls for her. And then like Wendy is like, yeah, you should, you should marry my daughter. Uh, and then he realizes like, because of the missed opportunity of staying in Neverland so long that he missed out on Wendy, he realizes that he has to grow up and leave Neverland and commit to marrying the daughter. And then he becomes this like miserable businessman. Uh, so 50, 50, whether he made the right choice or not. At any point in the movie, does he explain something to Wendy and can I call it Peter Pan's planning? Does that happen in this movie? <laughs> um, I think, if anything, she explains things to him. Mm, well, uh, she explains to him that he is Peter Pan. Do you think that she tells him he has to go? Like, he doesn't remember he's Peter Pan. No, but according to the book, Maggie Smith must convince the middle-aged lawyer Peter Banning that he was once the legendary Peter Pan, which I am now calling Peter Pansplaining because that has to make sense. She Peter Pansplains to him. Correct. Yeah. Maybe that's the name of this episode, Peter Pan's planning. <laughs> well, what I'm assuming happens is they go to London to visit her family and he's like upset. You know, he's like, I got a business to do. Um, also, I guess, <laughs> I guess like the amnesia thing makes it like less gross that he, <laughs> that he married like his like initial lover's daughter um because like he doesn't remember any of that well, were they lovers or friends if they're right. children right okay fine whatever it is the the weirdness of it is is undone a little bit by the fact that he no longer remembers a world in which he was peter pan and was visiting wendy and was you know in love with wendy or whatever um but i i believe what happens is tinkerbell comes and must tell wendy who then tells peter you gotta you gotta save the kids. Um, but how did Hook? Ooh, I actually remember now. Um, the kids like in their bed, and there's like uh, it's like very windy. It's like kind of like Home Alone, um, where it's like really windy, and the the like the doors to the like what are they, what's it called when like a room has like a, a window? Por- you could. <laughs> okay, I mean, I was thinking like one of those like porches you could walk out into. Um, a balcony there you go uh, like the balcony door blows open and it's like kind of like thematic and, and windy and dark and um, and then that's where the kids get kidnapped um, but like how does how does Hook uh, how do you think Hook realizes that Peter Pan is like back 
and accessible to kidnap his kids. Well, I guess he's not. You think that you think that Hook can only kidnap the kids if they're in London? Well, I'm I'm saying like where where did where did the Hook plan come from? Hmm. Maybe once he got the caught the alligator or the crocodile, crocodile, then then he was like, well, now I can focus on my true enemy, right, Peter Pan. Or maybe he was like a proto hacker, and when Peter used his cell phone for the first time, he triangulated it and mm. got the kids. You say he backtraced it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so definitely, like as we're talking about it, things are coming back to me. Like that scene where the kids get kidnapped, the baseball scene. There's got to be a bunch of shadow stuff that we're not remembering, right? Shadows on the wall. That's always a big Peter Pan thing. Oh. And I think maybe part of the reason I remember this movie so well is because it's the parts I remember are all like the same as the Peter Pan myth or baseball related. <laughs> well, no, because uh, the food fight was a big one. The actual fight. So like when they have finally like go to like rescue the kids. Um, so, oh, so there is a part early on where Hook is like holding uh, Jack and Peter Pan's like, give me back my son. He's like, if you like walk this plank, you can get your son. And like Peter chickens out. Like he literally like tries to climb this mast or whatever it is. And then like, he can't do it. And he's like very ashamed. And then hook like laughs at him. And then like, Peter is like, all right, I guess I have to like walk away now and admit that you can keep my, keep my son. Um, you don't remember that? I don't. And I'm, I'm definitely conflating it with return of the Jedi where he has to walk the plank and um, he does like the flip off of it. Yeah. And it's really cool. And I wonder, I'm trying to remember if anything like that happens here where he does actually do something cool off of the plank. Yeah. Fly. When they're, well, when they're fighting, when he comes to, when he, when he, it's like kind of like a Rocky montage. Like he, he tries to get Jack back. He's like a, a weak loser. Um, all the pirates laugh at him. He's like ashamed, goes back to the lost boys. They eventually train him up. He remembers who he is. Bangarang gets his powers back. Does a big crow that's like, you know. Oh, crowing, yeah. Yeah. Rufio gets jealous because Rufio's like, I'm the leader. And everyone's like back enamored with Peter. Um, And then they lead the excursion to go get the kids back once and for all. The daughter, I believe, is always on Peter's side. I think that's her role. To your point about like her not really like right because the 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 son at some point is like literally dressed up yeah like hook hook yeah i remember that he like a big wig and everything exactly he he likes it because also oh oh uh there's a room full of clocks right because hook is obsessed with clocks and hook takes it jack into that room and he's like smash a clock to take out your frustrations and he takes his baseball bat. And he's like, this is for you missing my game, dad. And he like smashes the clock. And then like through that, like catharsis, he realizes like he wants to be like hook and he hates his dad. Yeah. I like how this is a movie about getting revenge on your enemies by being a good dad to their kids. That's the thing sure. that I'm taking away from this. I think we should watch the trailer. Um, Cause we actually seemingly remember everything about this movie. Yeah. And let's see what we get wrong. Okay, let's watch the trailer.
one of those uh, doors to the balcony. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Hey, I'm explaining. Peter, don't you know who you are? I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. This movie rules. <laughs> this movie's so good. Is there anything from that that we didn't remember? Yeah. Um, the boy who always loses his marbles, um, he was also – either he was a lost boy or he was um, the younger brother of uh, of Wendy. Um, he's, and so, like, he also grew up. But he – him and – when I think he's Wendy's younger brother. So him and Wendy were the ones who would always go with Peter Pan – to Never Never Land. So he's the one who's like reminding him. But do you remember like he like he always lost his marbles and Peter brings back his marbles at the end of the movie for him? I do not remember that. No? Nope. Uh, that's the thing. Because uh, like he in the beginning of the movie he's like walking around the house he's like I lost my marbles. I know I put them somewhere and it's like funny because he's like a crazy old man. Um, and then Peter finds them in Neverland or like one of the boys is like, give, you know, whatever back his marbles. Um, so that's the thing. Um, but I was right about the, the, the doors, the, door, yeah, the, the little hook on the balcony door. Yeah. Very. So it's like, that becomes like a portal to Neverland for a hook to steal them. I guess. Or it seems like we have to like fly to the North star or whatever. Uh, to get to Never Neverland, um, yeah, no, this that that was that brought that back. I remember a lot about this movie because it's a great movie. Um, great movie, really excited to rewatch it. Um, but to skip ahead straight to uh, the scores, back on the ten train. So, what do you think you gave it as a kid? A ten. I loved this movie. And you think you're going to give it a 10 again? Yeah, it's so fun. So again, as I mentioned in the last episode, when the nostalgia kicks in and like it's just taking you back to that feeling of being a kid, like you can't help but love it. I don't I, – I, I don't – maybe I'm wrong because like Jumanji, for instance, um, I didn't remember it well, but like I was also like this movie isn't very good. But like I don't – I don't see a world in which I like suddenly watch this. I'm like, why did I ever like this? It was terrible. Um but maybe, maybe. What about you? Weirdly, I also feel like I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. Uh, I just keep getting suckered into this. So I'm just going to say nine. Uh, I definitely loved this movie as a kid. Um, but it it looked good in the trailer. Yeah. I think I'm going to like it. Uh, excited to watch it. It's on Netflix here. Oh, I don't even know where it is here. Um, uh, pretty oh. sure. It's a clever premise, updating a famous story in an, in an interesting way. It has really good actors, has a great director, uh, and it just is like it's fun. It captures like a lot of imagination and fun. I'm sure that like the look of Never Neverland is probably going to be kind of dated, but I don't think I'm going to care. Like it's interesting. It's, that stuff usually bothers you more than me because I'm usually like, well, it's practical, so I love it. And you're normally like, it looks like garbage. Right. But it like evokes the feeling of what that 
like felt like at the time. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm we'll very see. excited about it. Um, Are you watching it with everyone? I'm debating it. I was actually talking about this with my son because I'm like, this one might be a little scary for you. He's like, why? I didn't want to be like, because someone dies because that's a, <laughs> that's kind of a spoiler. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like one of those things where like in my head, I'm like, is this going to be scary? Because like you, you get to like really care about Rufio and then he dies. And then I'm like, every animated movie that they watch, like usually start, like Frozen, right? But they die off camera. That's the difference. Like you see Rufio get like Lion King. Lion King. I don't. I'm. I'm debating it. I'm debating it. TBD. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Gonna watch this one just with my wife. Normal intonation. Did does she is she a a fan of the movie? Is it like a big one from her childhood? Yeah, not as much as Jumanji, which was like a huge thing in her childhood. Um, but she literally remembered every detail of that movie. Um, it would have been a great partial recall episode for her to be on. Uh, uh, kid's a little too young for this. Yeah. Two and a half. She won't get what's going on. No. But maybe she'll start crowing. I mean, we've been doing potty training and the way we do potty training on the weekend is we just let her watch TV all day and then make sure she goes on the potty. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll just watch hook in ten minute bursts. Yeah. Wait, you you put the screen you you put her on the potty and put the TV on like that's how you. No no no. I so last weekend and maybe you cut this maybe you don't. Uh, we just had her naked in the house right the entire day. We just didn't go anywhere. Right. And the only way we could think to have her entertained just naked was like, well okay we'll have the TV on because otherwise. She'll just scream and go crazy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll do the same thing. But then she'll just ask us to watch Moana. And then, I mean, Moana's a good movie. Let's watch Moana yeah. again. Yeah. Like when Tinkerbell sings Let It. Nope. Wrong song. Um, <laughs> Tinkerbell sings How Far I'll Go. Uh, when did you last watch this movie? Years. Years. I I don't I can't imagine a world in which I watched it past tenth grade. And I'm not saying I watched it in tenth grade, I'm just saying like it's possible I watched it like up to like middle high school, but I don't see a reason why I would have watched it since. Yeah, I mean it's possible I watched it in college, but I don't think so. I literally might not have seen this movie since I saw it in theaters. You haven't. You didn't rewatch it. It wasn't like a movie that you watched a bunch of times. I don't think so. So I've definitely watched it a bunch of times when I was younger. Either like it was like always on TV, or I would just watch. I would just have like borrow someone's VHS of it. Why do we remember this movie so much better than we remember the other two movies? I remember uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids pretty well. I did not remember Jumanji at all. You didn't remember uh, Jumanji at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not convinced they ever said Jumanji. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's a memorable movie. But again, I, I I must have. No, I don't know. That's a good question. I must have rewatched it at some point because I remember it too well to have only seen it as a six year old. Yeah. There's no way you saw this only in theaters as a six year old and then remember like all these beats of this movie. But yeah. 
Uh, do you think Julia Roberts is still going to do it for you? Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, um, what's that movie? Uh, Fast Time at Ridgemont High, where it's like, I got older. <laughs> you stayed the same age. Right, that's true of Peter Pan as well, apparently. <laughs> dates Wendy's daughter. <laughs> oh, actually, I do think there is a bit of wistful. I think Tinkerbell's character is in love with Peter Pan in this movie. Um, and he never gave her the time of day. And I think like when she's, when he's like, I have to save my kids and she's like, I'll help you. But then she's like, should have been our kids. I don't think she says it like that, but like. When you say time of day, do you mean. (laughs) For the listener, I'm, I'm nodding suggestively. Raising your eyebrows. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, there, I, I remember now there's definitely like a, which is a pretty grown up thing. Um, there's like a bit of an undercurrent of sadness in that she's like, I'll help you save your kids. But it breaks my heart that like you were in love with Wendy and then fell in love with her daughter and always thought of me as like your sidekick and not a potential love interest. Do you think there's going to be anything in this movie that resonates with you differently now that you're an adult? Um, maybe that stuff. Um, I do also remember something just came back to me. I believe that she, in this like wistfulness of like, she should have, it should have been us. I think she uh, turns into full size at some point in the movie. Does he say, step on me, Tinkerbell? <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, is there anything that you think you're going to see differently? Uh well, apparently I'm going to see all of that exactly the same as I did when I was six years old. <laughs> um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm genuinely curious if there are any, like, uh, I, I don't remember what you just described uh, as being central to the movie. I'm sure it is. Uh, so that, that will probably resonate with me differently than when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see. My last question for you before we go into it. You have to make this call without looking at a picture. Yeah. Does Rufio have a double mohawk or a triple mohawk? Triple. Is it, it's triple? triple? Yeah, there's two on the side and one in the middle. Okay. You're 100% sure. I'm 99.9% sure. Okay. Uh, we'll verify in the second half. As long as we remember to do that, we will verify in the second half. If you got that right or not. I believe it was, uh, it was pink as well. It's definitely pink. That I, Well, I mean... To the extent I remember it, it's pink. Yeah, uh, I'm just not sure if it's if it's just the corners or if it's also the top. Yeah, I also remember there's a real mishmash of styles in the Lost Boys, right? Like Rufio has like a triple mohawk and like like leather. Is he wearing like a red thriller type leather jacket? <laughs> I think I think it's like sleeveless though. Um, but then there's like, but he's styled sort of Michael Jacksony. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Not to keep not to keep bringing him up on our podcast. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably a good idea. Um, but then there's like the the fat kid. His name is like Chunk, uh, and he wears like a beret and like plaid pants. Um, and then there's like 
other kids who kind of look like like newsies. It, there's a real it's a real mashup of styles in the Lost Boys. There's a real like East Village in the '70s kind of scene. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see how we feel about it when we come back. All right, uh, sing us out. Do 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 do. So we talk a, a lot about um, in the first episode, we talk about like these movies and like the, the marks they leave on us, like the subliminal stuff that like might have sunk in. And I don't think we talked about that as much in Jumanji. But in the first half of this episode, you talked at length about how nice this brownstone was. <laughs> you were very into the brownstone. Townhouse. The townhouse. Sorry. The townhouse is located in London. You live now in London. Do you think that because of this movie, clearly you were very into the the architecture of London. Oh, is that why I live here? Yeah, that's why you live in London now. I don't know that I would say Hook is the reason I live in London. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. Maybe it is. Okay, so before we get into our impressions of the movie, do you want to recap the actual plot having just watched the movie this week yeah i watched it yesterday uh in the middle of the afternoon uh without my family uh it's such a long movie we kept trying to figure out a a night we could watch it but like by the time everyone's done their homework and has dinner and and is bathed like we can't put on a two and a half hour movie uh so uh i watched it solo uh yeah we we were right about everything but I guess before getting into that, should we talk about um, revised scores upon watching? Yeah, I'm very curious. What score did you give this movie? I want you to go first this time. You want me to go first? I'm giving this movie a four out of ten. This movie <laughs> sucks. <laughs> a four it is so bad. <laughs> uh I will explain. I'll go into why I'm going to go hard on this movie. This movie is so bad. <laughs> I Yeah. I I was debating between a six and an eight um, because six is like, I think the truer indication of what this quality of the movie is, but I really wanted to bump it up because I really wanted to like, to like it more. Um, it was not as good as I remembered or thought it would be. Here are my problems. Why is this movie two and a half hours long? So this movie long. should be zero minutes long because it sucks. <laughs> or 90 minutes long, but better. Second, has Steven Spielberg any, ever seen any of the following things? One, an office. Two, a basketball game. Three, a baseball game. <laughs> any of those things. I like how has he ever seen any of them? Yeah. Well, the thing that I actually I was thinking about was... Um, and I'm like so not qualified to talk about this, but like Steven Spielberg, like he doesn't really make, uh, or at that point did never really made like a, a children's movie. Like ET would be the closest one, but like even that, ET is a children's movie. Yeah, but different, right? I mean, like this is like trying to be like really whimsical and and cutesy and silly, and it just seemed like I don't think he knew what he was doing. 
which is a weird thing to say, but even Spielberg. Joking aside, that is that is the biggest problem with this movie is how convinced this movie is that it is whimsical and inspirational. Yeah. And imaginative because it's not. Like it's one no. big piece of imagination is what if food was paint? Like that's <laughs> right. the main bit of imagination. And like the the score of this movie is so overbearing. I kind of like the score. Like there's a part of this, there's a part of the movie that's like, I don't know, seven hours in where there's just like a piano tinkling and like, like pictures of Peter remembering that he's Peter Pan or whatever. And I literally just wrote like, fuck this piano. That's just in my notes. Like it just kept being like, isn't this amazing? It's, it, oh, wow. I really, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Well, let's, let's, okay. It was definitely not as good as either of us remembered it. I was gentler on it, but let's, let's go through the movie. Um, Here's what I'll say. Dustin Hoffman, innocent. Julia Roberts, innocent. Everyone else, guilty. Walk the plank out of here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, fine. Let's, let's get into it. Um, I really, the opening scene with like the, the play I was like, is this like another like end of Jumanji thing where like this movie is like way more meta and like deep than I, I'm like, why is, why is he at a Peter Pan play? Like, so I liked, I liked that the movie opened with um, a school play with terrible acting because it was really setting the baseline for everyone else's acting in this movie (laughs) other than Dustin Hoffman and Julia Roberts. You really hated this movie. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's just go through. Okay. So this, it opens, <laughs> his daughter is in the Peter Pan play. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is a world in which Peter Pan is like a known thing. I was very confused about that at first. I did kind of think it was clever how they ended up weaving it into like, it was inspired by Wendy's life. She was like this. Yep. Okay. Like that. And the stories that she used to tell yeah. her neighbor. And yeah. So like that, I, I liked, but at first I was like, what is going on? Like, why is Peter Pan at a Peter Pan school play? Uh, I was confused about that. Um, he took a call on his cell phone, first scene of the movie, so you were very right about that. Uh, extremely rude. Extremely rude. What a bad dad. Um, uh, okay, fine. So he goes to the play. He's, like, doing big business things. Um, they, they are going to London the next day. It's, like, Jack's last be- baseball game of the season. And he's like, I'll be there, I promise. Obviously, he doesn't already. He goes to the office. His staff does bits for him. He's having the time of his life. Like, they have the cell phone shootout. Yes. Yep. He's like in a rush to go to his son's baseball game, but has time to do a cell phone shootout. Everyone does like that wings thing where he's like scared of flying. I repeat, has Steven Spielberg ever seen an office? <laughs> Uh, really good, really funny. So he goes to the game, obviously. Oh, he sends his, uh, his like gopher to like go like record the game. Uh, Jack strikes out. He's really mad. Anyway, they get on the plane. He's scared of flying. You were right about the baseball thing. I liked his drawing. So Jack draws the drawing was Jack good. draws a good picture game. of the plane going down and there's four people falling out of the plane. Three have parachutes. One doesn't. It's him. He snaps at Jack on the plane. They get to London he snaps at the kids again. So obviously he's like a very over overworked, uh, out of touch father. Um, tension grows, right? His wife throws his cell phone out the window. Although she's really like, 
there's a bit of a of a, also like a honey i shrunk the kids like she's too easy on him right like she is like the manic pixie dream granddaughter yeah yeah <laughs> like she doesn't really have a character she is wendy's granddaughter yeah so okay so i said daughter in the first half uh yeah it was the granddaughter but it's still a good call right i remembered it pretty well, well you also you called out in the first half that that um uh that maybe the movie explains how it's not creepy like oh like maybe they'll show them meeting oh. and it's like no he sees her asleep and is like i'm gonna kiss I'm gonna her that. and then he's like i'm gonna kiss her and then wendy's like yes and then she's yeah. like watches as he kisses her really weird stuff this movie weirdly horny uh mm-hmm. there's like the uh later in the movie there's like the underwater like mermaid like orgy uh very strange um so the mermaid thing okay so i liked i despite myself i like the look of neverland and even though i think most of the pirate stuff looks like you're online for a pirate themed roller coaster like that level of set design there's a sort of like intentional it looks like you're in the theater you know, like theater of the mind to Neverland that I guess I can give Spielberg credit. Like I know the guy knows how to make a convincing looking set. And obviously that wasn't his goal with this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do kind of like Neverland and I, and I'm okay with most of the things in Neverland that don't make any sense, but like there's a lot of stuff that's cut together. Strange. Yeah. Like, it's Yeah. He he gets he walks off the plank. He has a mermaid orgy, and then he gets lifted out of the water in the shell. He gets lifted out of the water by what looks like some sort of crane, but we don't know who's operating that. We maybe assume, oh, Tinkerbell's probably pulling him out. Yeah, and then he shows up at the hideout, and Tinkerbell's just like asleep in her house. Right. She was just like, oh, you went missing. Oh, I'm gonna take a nap. And this is now. This is something worth talking about. This is the second movie that we have covered in which parents' children's are missing and they're just like, well, I guess we have to go to sleep for the night. <laughs> right. She's like, oh, you're alive. Great, because her whole plan... Well, let's... Hold on. Let's backtrack for a second. It's not just Tinkerbell going to sleep on Peter Pan, but, like, they go to sleep in their house with their kids missing. Um. Yes. But the police are on it, right? They get, they get uh, the police involved. Do um, they get the police involved? Yeah. They show up, like the detective comes, like takes a statement. All right. Well, we're not explaining what happened. So basically, Peter and Moira and the kids show up to London uh, to Wendy's house. So Wendy, interestingly, I looked this up, played by Maggie Smith. At in the time of the movie, she was 56 years old, but she was aged in makeup to play a 92-year-old, which is really weird because she just looks exactly like McGonagall now. <laughs> Right, like good makeup, good. Ma- I mean, she's a much younger woman, but I was like, literally, like, did this woman like not age for forty years? I was like, really trying to figure out uh, what what happened, and so I googled it, and yeah, she was fifty six, and they they tried to make her ninety two. So Wendy becomes like this big orphan master. Uh, she wins an award for best person in the world yeah. regarding orphans. You know what I didn't understand? Okay, so there's like a gala dinner. That's why they come They come back. There's like a gala dinner because uh, Peter was like her original orphan and he's giving this speech. And then he goes, 
I don't think any of you would understand this, but like Wendy was really great. And then they were all like, but we're all also orphans. He's like, and then he goes, oh, so you do understand. I'm like, why would he think they wouldn't understand it at first? Do you remember that? They're all there. Yes, I do. That movie didn't make any sense. (laughs) It made no sense. I don't want to like cinema since this movie, like most of this movie doesn't make any sense. I just was like, it was such a weird thing to say. Yes. It was a strange thing to say. And so he goes, the kids get kidnapped. He calls the police, which you don't remember. They come, they're like, the police taking care of it. And then Wendy goes, there's a funny line. Wendy goes, they're not, the police aren't going to be able to help you. He's like, should we call the, should we call the American police? <laughs> She's like, no. I remember that. I remember oh, that. Funny. Um, so yeah, he she tells him he's Peter Pan. He thinks she's like a crazy old lady. Tinkerbell comes. He resists that. Then she like uh, knocks him unconscious and then wraps him up in a carpet and flies him to Neverland. He wakes up uh, on the pier. The uh, the pirates try to kill him. Tinkerbell's like, "You're gonna die." So this is the part I was talking you know, about. This is the other thing you got correct, where Hook was like, if you could touch your yeah. kid's hands, yeah. you they'll get to go free. And then he can't do it. He and then, do it. therefore, Jack doesn't love him anymore. Right. right. Uh, I was correct that this movie basically forgets that Maggie exists for most of its runtime, unless it's convenient in that moment for the plot for him to also have a daughter. Well, like I said, she is the one who never gives up on him. It doesn't show why it's earned. I think the idea is that she's too young to like understand what a terrible father he is. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So he can't do it, which is ridiculous. Like he's so close. Like literally, just like jump onto the net. That's what I would do. Just saying, I'm a better dad. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, you would just text them. We know this. We we established this in the first half yes. of this episode. I would have just texted them. I'd be like, yeah. an, an emoji of a hand that would be a shown hook. And be like, gotcha. Uh, we would have just got out of there. Um, so can, can we, while we're talking about hook, this is later in my notes. But you, at the end of the first half, first half of the episode, you said, "Is there anything you would you think you might see in a different light?" So what I see in a different light about, I did not remember that. I think I know where you're going. Hook was like a suicidal nihilist uh, where he was just like, I hate my life. I'm going to kill myself. And he like literally puts a gun to his head. And he's like, I'm going to, their life is not worth living. This is so boring. And then at the end of the movie, when they have their big duel, he literally says the line to Peter, death is the only adventure. I was like, holy moly, this is really dark. I love hook in this movie that's the only character in this movie that i fully like i love all of that stuff the suicide stuff try to stop me don't try to stop me don't try to stop me try Try to to stop stop me me. yeah like it's great the the character it's such a weird character all the hook details sort of work for me in this movie as much as it doesn't work uh generally the thing i thought you were going to say that resonated differently the sequence where Hook is convincing them that they're trying to convince them, you know, he's like got the he like writes on the blackboard, "Your parents don't love you." Yeah, and the and the daughter is like, "Mommy reads us a story every night," and he's like, "Your parents read you a story to stupefy you to sleep so that they can go thirty minutes without you." And I'm like, "That was so real." I'm like, "Oh, Hook, Hook's got me pegged." <laughs> like, Literally, I was sitting there, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is, this is too uh, uncomfortable." <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, we've I've verbalized that to my children out loud. 
I'm like, it's 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. Do I have not two minutes to myself to please? Uh, so yeah, hook, hook, got it. Um, you, the thing about the good fathering thing. Uh, so you said you were almost exactly right. You said Smee was always like a, like kind of a good father. It was his. It's not that he was the good father figure. It's that it was his idea to that Hook should be the good father figure. Yeah, I put in my notes that Smee Smee was not actually a nice pirate. Um, he was just uh, sort of bumbling and likable, but not actually uh, a nice person like I predicted. Uh, how many days? How many days of shooting do you think Julia Roberts did alone, just like smiling and going, "Wow"? She smiled. I I told I said in the first half of this episode, like she does a lot of like knowing grins that like smile. I was also I, I had the uh, the wistfulness pretty well pegged, right? I mean, like that was like her entire character was like being in love with Peter Pan um, while also trying to help him. Um, and yeah, and then also like she not not a good person, right? Because like she was like, my only wish is to be with you, but she knew he was like actively trying to get his kids back and was married. Can we talk about Rufio? <laughs> Please. Here are my thoughts about Rufio. He still looks cool. Very I mean cool. the look. It's yeah. a cool look. Peter is a bully. Like, it is uncomfortable watching a grown man make fun of an insecure child, yeah, humiliate him in front of all of his friends. And then at the end of the movie, Rufio is like, I just wish I had a dad like you. And it's like, really? <laughs> That's the, uh, I wrote that line down because that is the I love you Wayne Zielinski of this movie. The entire movie is about how shitty of a father he is. And he's done nothing uh, to show that he's like a good, like towards these lost boys, that he's a good father. If, if anything, he is an even shittier father to Rufio yeah. than he is to his actual children. Not earned. I don't know why Rufio no. said that. I felt bad. I was like, oh my God. It was yeah, terrible. Rufio was very uh, insecure about the whole thing. Um, yeah, he, although <laughs> I do like, uh, he said, I'm the pan now, which is like clearly the precursor to I'm the captain now. Like, Captain Phillips rips off Hook. So, also, Toy Story rips off Hook. You might recall that Peter says, to infinity and back again. Did make that note as well. So, you know what? For as bad as this movie is, clearly it influenced a lot of uh, of movies to come. If Rufio was like... If he calls himself Pan the Avenger. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Thud rolls up his legs like Goldmember. member. <laughs> right. I actually, I love the thud ball. The thud ball was the sort of weird whimsy that still works for me. Yeah. Uh, I also liked when they were putting on the uh, the bamboo by walking through it. That was pretty good. Um, uh, but, let's see. Yeah, but when, when Rufio was like, look at me, look at me, I'm the pan now. That was good. <laughs> um, I, so I, this is an actual question. Is Bangarang a term outside of this movie no. and the eventual Skrillex song. So this is like Steven Spielberg trying to make fetch happen there. Yes. Yeah. What? There's a Skrillex song called Bangarang. Apparently I Googled it. That was like the one thing I did. I was like, I will Google this. And it's like all Skrillex stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure that, yeah. He's trying to create uh, a phrase there. And I'm sure, I'm sure on the playground we screamed Bangarang after seeing this movie. So it probably worked. 
Yeah, I have a note in here that says, if Hook's afraid of time ticking away, then he would hate this movie because it's so fucking long. (laughs) But all his clocks are silent, so he doesn't notice how long this movie is. Um, I do. Okay, so at the at the uh, at the dinner scene where the food turns real, and then Rupio throws the uh, coconut at him, and he like catches the sword and cuts it in half. uh, I was like, why is this? that moment so memorable to me and the reason is remember uh in school when we get those like uh scholastic book order sheets did you ever get those yeah yeah, yeah. and then you'd like check off the ones you want and you'd send the money you'd give it to your teacher and then like you'd get books so i had a, an illustrated novelization of hook and that was like my favorite page in the book where he like spins around and cuts the coconuts in half and rufio is stunned uh so that might be why I remember Hook so well. That probably works better in the book. Yeah. In the movie, the 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 cut so of that makes no sense. Yeah. Rufio throws a coconut. The other Lost Boys look at the coconut and say, look out, Peter. Then another boy throws him a sword. And then he watches it come the coconut's at him. still in the air. Yeah. He waits for he it. He catches the sword, looks at the coconut, and then spins around. Yeah, I was actually very, very disappointed. I really thought it would be like a catch and cut real quick, uh, like Fruit Ninja. Ah, another thing this movie inspired. Um, inspired Fruit Ninja for sure. He, uh, yeah, he just watched it come. Uh, my favorite, or not my favorite line, but a line I wrote down in his uh, in his um, uh, diss battle with Rufio, just because like this movie is like weirdly horny. Uh, he called him a nearsighted gynecologist. Good joke. Good joke. Kind of dirty. But back to my theory about why I don't think Steven Spielberg. I mean, again, like E.T. is a kid's movie. But, like, there's a lot of, like, weird innuendo in this movie, number one. Hook's, like, really uh, suicidal outlook on life. uh, Pretty dark for this movie. At the end, when he's, like, screaming at Peter, he's like, you're, like, an alcoholic who hates your kids. Like, yeah, he is. Uh like literally instead of uh to your point about like not doing more to get help his kids he just like got wasted when they were gone uh i thought he was gonna fall out the window at first um when he stumbled out onto the balcony yeah uh, a lot of uh, weird uh just kind of adulty stuff running through this movie but i think that's the stuff in this movie that works and i so i disagree because i think the if this movie was pitched more that way and had this adventure element and it wasn't so convinced of it's like whimsy and wonder and imagination connecting with children. Like that's the stuff to me that lands. And it's as soon as the movie treats us like infants, right. That it, it just starts to fall apart for me. Uh, when it's having a little bit more fun is in those adult moments. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it knew what kind of movie it wanted to. I, I still really like the, the, premise of the movie and i think there was something really interesting there but yeah the execution which is so weird i don't know why like no no one's infallible right but like i just didn't expect uh steven spielberg to blow this so badly all right what else what else uh the lost boys in the pirate costumes when they went to the baseball game i thought was great you got to give them that they all had little mustaches they were they were on each other's shoulders and big coats that was very entertaining 
Um, yes. Oh, here's a here's a question I have while yeah. I was watching this movie. They have a whole workout sequence for Robin Williams. Yep. This is something we've tracked in some of the other episodes. Um, how swole would Robin Williams have gotten if this movie were coming out? Oh in yeah. The modern era, would he be like? Oh, I look like Chris Pratt now. Yeah, for sure. In those tights, he would want to have real big glutes. So yeah, if, if this was present day, he would he would have gotten really ripped, for sure. Unconnected. Did you notice who uh, Young Wendy was? Was Young Wendy Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. I was like, wait, that's Gwyneth Actually, Paltrow. I mean, I didn't even look it up, but I'm so convinced of it. I didn't feel like I needed to. It's definitely Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I just assumed it wasn't, and that's why I didn't bring it up just now. No. Because I was like, there's no way that that's Gwyneth Paltrow. It's definitely Gwyneth Paltrow. Hold on. IMDb. Okay. Young Wendy Hook. This is her third role in a movie. So she did, That's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. She did a, a TV movie called High. She did a movie called Shout. And then Hook, Young Wendy. Wow. Okay. Uh, another really messed up thing about this movie. When Rufio dies, nobody cares. They literally leave his body there. They're just like, all right. Justice for Rufio. His whole thing sucks. Sucks. Peter Pan is like, I'm just going to get my kids and get out of here. And all the Lost Boys are like, good idea. Rufio's dead body just laying there. They're all You're the new away. Rufio. I mean, Pan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really, they, they were just going to leave him there. And then, then uh, why did they have to go back? I forgot why they go back. Um, like, Hook was like, uh, oh, yeah. He's like, I'll find you wherever you go. So then Peter Pan goes back. But again, in that moment. And then... When the kids fly away at the end and Peter Pan's like, let me hang back uh, and like put thud butt in charge. Um, <laughs> there's no acknowledgement that Rufio, de- like, it's not like, guys, thank you for coming to war with me. It's horrible that Rufio died. We shall take a minute. For- He's just like, no, he would give the same speech he gave at Wendy's thing. He's like, none of you can understand us, but Rufio <laughs> was really great. And they're all just like, yeah, we all understand <laughs> it. Exactly. We knew Rufio. You didn't know Rufio. Exactly right. Yeah, that's a good point. And then there was, thank you for coming to Rufio's funeral. There was none of that. He was just like, "All right, well, we all know what happened." Let me pull his pants down one more time. <laughs> yeah. That's by the way. You said his uh, his coat was red. Uh, it wasn't, but his long johns were. I think that's why you thought that. Uh, oh, it was a triple mohawk. I was right. It was a triple mohawk. You were right about, and I was wrong. There was no baseball game at the end. Like I thought, this movie ended with him going to a baseball game for Jack. Oh, that would be so on the nose. And also, like, maybe that's in the director's cut. There is another... I'm not watching a longer <laughs> cut of this movie. There is another movie, a kid's movie from our youth, that ends with a dad going to a baseball game as a big deal. We will find it over the course of this podcast. I'm making that a mission. You keep thinking on that. I will pose this question to you. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter Banning, a very uh, cold, closed-off, business-oriented father, becomes Peter Pan again. He becomes real goofy and silly. Is this movie a prequel to Mrs. Doubtfire? Because that's essentially the character he plays in Mrs. Doubtfire. You're saying he just sort of can't find the level. (laughs) He's either too responsible or not responsible enough. Yeah. I just think, like, at the end of the movie, he's, like, basically a a man-child, which I don't really think is, like, the solution. uh, Like, he's so weird. He like he looks like he kind of had like a like a, like a mental break. <laughs> yes, uh, like he thinks he's a child again. Um, 
but that is essentially like what exactly what he does in Mrs. Doubtfire. Like in the beginning of the movie, like he's always doing voices and like missing things for his kids and uh, not because he's a bad dad, because he's like so weird and aloof. Yep. And gleefully telling them to never close windows for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Well, so at the end of this movie, is it fully acknowledged amongst everyone, including Moira? I thought like the Moira would be kind of be like, like kind of like a home alone ending where she's like, where were you guys? They're like, eh, just hanging around. Uh, But like, then like they give, um, what's his name? Uh, Toodles, the the fairy dust. And then he like, oh, Tinkerbell shows up, right? They give Toodles the fairy dust and he flies. So like everyone now knows that he's Peter Pan, right? Like that's, that's out in the open. Yep. I have no, I have nothing to add to that. uh, I did not like this movie. Uh, I think that that's obvious. Uh, I was shocked by how much I did not like it. Uh, Okay, but things that I did like. I mentioned I liked the Neverland set. I liked all of the matte paintings. I liked all the images with like the giant moons and whatever. I thought those all looked great. Uh, I liked Austin Hoffman. I liked his horny assistant who like had like a mini orgasm when she took off his hook. She went like, ooh, great. Weirdly Uh, horny movie. I liked all of that. Um, but yeah, this movie sucks <laughs> and I'm not going to show it to my children. I, I did, you know what though? And this is not a credit to the movie as much as I'm just a sucker. Every time there was like an emotional beat in the movie, I got emotional, but that's just me. Um, I have a couple Mia culpas from my first half of this episode. Uh, I called the heavyset kid in this movie junk. That is Goonies. His name, is, his name is Thud. Thud Butt. Thud Butt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one. And then... Um, <laughs> and the other... Uh, the other thing I got wrong was the Matthew McConaughey was not uh, Fast Times at Range Mount High. It was Dazed and Confused. So just needed to make amends for those two things. Oh, Dustin Hoffman. This is my last note. It's just a bit. It's not actually a commentary on the movie. Uh, Dustin Hoffman has a very extensive vocabulary and Smee doesn't understand half the things he says, right? Great. Great bit. Because he hooked on phonics. That's the joke. <clears throat> I resign in protest. The, the, that was a joke I liked in this movie is when, when Smee said, I just had an apostrophe. That was good. I mean, Bob Hoskins also good in the movie. He's likable. Uh, and that maybe brings us to the next bit, which is what movie are we watching next? You nominated this. I don't know why I'm saying it. Uh, Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Um, yeah. If I did not remember Jumanji, I really don't remember this. I don't remember a ton about this movie. I'm excited to watch it more than anything, but we'll see what we remember next week. Bye-bye.